And I want you to join an experiment with me. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Today, as you were walking in, you were handed a little rubber bracelet that says Team East Point on it. That's a part of our experiment today. I'm asking you to wear that bracelet, but only on this condition. And if you don't accept this condition, fine. You can still keep the bracelet. I don't care. But I want you to commit. And here's what I want you to commit to. I want you to put it on. And when you do, I want you to commit to praying as often as you see it. If you put it on, great. Put it someplace where you're going to see it a lot. If you're not going to put it on, put it on your rear view mirror. Put it on your bathroom counter. Put it someplace where you can see it. And every time you see that, I want you to pray for Team East Point. And when you pray, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be praying for me. You're going to be praying for all the staff. And boy, do we need it. I can't tell you how many times we, we hang our heads and we think, God, if you don't show up, if you don't do something, we're smoked. We, we don't have enough strength to make it. We don't have enough money to make it. We don't have enough, we don't have enough brilliance and creativity to make it. God, we need you to do something here. So I want you to pray for our staff. I want you to pray for all of our volunteers, all those people who greeted you at a door, all those people who are working back in Adventureland, all those people who were on the platform this morning doing the worship, all the people who are wearing shirts like me are a part of our Guatemala missions team. Guys, I want you to know something, that without all those volunteers, we don't make it. We don't have a church. Over 75% of the work that gets done here gets done by people who don't get paid. And those who do get paid, we don't make it in this world, folks. We don't get rich in the ministry. We need your prayer. All of our volunteers need your prayer. Would you please pray? Would you please join this experiment and see if it works? And when you put this on, I want you also to know that you're, you're a part of that team, East Point, which means that as you're praying for that team, and so is everybody else, you're getting prayed for too. You want to see if it works? Do you really? Because on July 7th, I'm going to be preaching again. And between now and then, I hope to find some people that the power of prayer has worked in their life. And I'd like to provide some more evidence. And I just don't know who exactly that's going to be in this room yet. But somebody in here is going to have their world blown up by God because they're praying. And for the first time, they have invested into it, even if it was on an experiment. I'm asking you to pray. For those of you who are new here this morning, that's a small clip from a sermon that I taught on April 28th. And what I did is I posed to everybody that, that there's an experiment worth joining, uh, an experiment on prayer. And as I said there in that clip, I asked everybody to put on a a bracelet, and I asked them to pray for the three things, that pray for the staff, pray for the leaders and the volunteers, and that they would essentially be praying for every single person who considers East Point their church home, and anybody who was wearing a bracelet, it was a, it was a reminder. Now, that was on April 28th. Now, when I asked everybody to pray, we had no idea what was going to happen next. None of us did. That's a little over two months ago. And so today what I want to do is I want to provide some evidence on whether or not prayer works. And I want to go through an explanation of, of three things. One, I want to tell you why we did this experiment in the first place. Two, I want to tell you what's happened since then in the last two months. And three, I want to tell you what's next in this experiment that we're going to conclude on August 
forth. So first of all, why did we even do this experiment in the first place? Some people think that the reason why we did this experiment in the first place is because we wanted to emphasize the power of prayer. And, and that's true. Prayer is powerful. That was something that we wanted to emphasize, but there was a reason behind it. And the reason behind it is this, is we want everybody to experience a closer relationship with God. As a pastor, that is my primary goal. My primary goal is to help people take at least one step closer to Jesus, regardless of whether they're a believer or not. A person who isn't a believer in Jesus still needs to take steps closer to him. And so we wanted people to get engaged in the process of prayer. And the reason for it is, is you can't have a relationship with anybody without some form of communication with them. And prayer is our form of communication with God. That's the place where we spend time talking to God. And that's the place where we spend time listening to God. So the whole experiment in the first place was based primarily on the idea that if people aren't praying, if people aren't in communication with God, they really don't have much of a relationship worth talking about, worth sharing with other people. If you think about it this way, the best relationships that any of us have with any person, typically they're the people that we find easiest to talk to. In fact, if you've ever experienced this, you've walked away from a relationship, you've only met the person for just, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, and after you're done with the conversation, you say to yourself, man, I feel like I've known that dude or that gal all my life. Why? Because they're so easy to talk to. Talking to somebody is one of the prerequisites for having a great relationship, being able to be in communication with them. It's true with God, too. And that's why prayer is so important. So our primary goal in all of this was to get people to know what it looks like, to experience what it is like to be in a relationship with God and then live out that Christian life. Now, what's the major difference, the major, the singular most important difference between what does it look like to live a Christian life versus what does it look like to not live a Christian life? Well, that's all about your actions. And let's face it, we can talk all we want to about how much we love Jesus, but our actions are really what proves it. And the best way that I could describe how a person transitions from being a person who follows after whatever they think is best to the person who follows what after what God thinks is best is all built upon this idea of prayer and how well we are listening to God. Not just talking to him, but how well we are, how well we are listening to God. So I want to break this down in a passage in the book of Galatians. If you have your Bible with you, why don't you flip open to the book of Galatians. If you have a Bible app, feel free to open that up and take a look at that. Go to chapter 5, and I'm going to start reading in verse 16. For those of you who don't have a Bible, didn't bring one, I'm going to have the words up on the screen so you'll be able to follow along as well. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 5. This is Paul writing to the church there, and he starts off by saying this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Starting at verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What Paul is saying here is this. There's our life that you and I seem to just move through naturally, doing sometimes what seems best to us. And that truly is where all of us have started. Regardless of where we're at in our faith right now, all of us started at some point in time at the same place where it came down to a choice as to whether or not we were going to follow the will of God and let him lead our lives or whether or not we were going to follow our own desires and let us lead our lives. And what Paul is saying here is that the way that it works when you become a believer in Jesus Christ is that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and a lot of people are waiting for some audible voice. Hello, this is God. I I, I want you to stop sinning because you're a knucklehead. Anybody ever hear that? I never have. But I've got thoughts. I've had thoughts many times where God has said something to me. Very clear thoughts. So let me explain how this works. I believe this is what Paul was trying to say. That there's the natural you and there's the natural me. And then there's what God does. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And I have all of these desires that are self-centered, self-focused. They're basically things that I think are best for me, and that's the most natural thing. And then there's God who inserts himself into my life and starts to plant thoughts into my head that are nothing like my thoughts. An example. Most of the people who work with me, most of the people who know me and and have spent any time around me know that I, I, I get into a hurry with life from time to time. I, I do. I'm driven. Most people who have spent any time around me uh, know that I, in my drivenness, have a tendency to be very impatient. For instance, on the freeway. I don't know of anybody who gets on the freeway to go for a nice, leisurely drive. (laughs) Nobody. At least you shouldn't. If you're one of those people, get off the freeway. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, sort of. I mean, but seriously though, you get onto an on-ramp, you try to get onto the freeway, 45 is not the right speed. Okay, can I get an amen? Somebody, thank you. There's a lot of us out there, right? Sound familiar? I'm one of those people. I know that. I'm not saying that because I think it's a great thing. I'm saying it because I recognize something about my nature. I'm in a hurry. And always when I'm in a hurry, always when I'm in a hurry, there seems to be somebody slowing my way whether it's on the freeway or whether it's in life. And sometimes I'm in a hurry and it's my wife that gets in the way or it's my kids that get in the way or it's my coworkers who get in the way or it's my friends who get in the way. I'm one of those people like, come on! Don't you get this yet? We should be done with this product already. And I've put product over relationships so many times in my life that I've burned the relationships. Sound familiar? Now, I know my nature. And so when I'm on the freeway and I see some dude entering at 45 miles per hour and my natural thought is, you clown, go find a side street. All of a sudden I get a thought very clear into my mind and it says, hey Matt, hit the brakes bro, it's okay, let the dude in. That is not from me. (laughs) That is not from me. That is God. Okay, just saying. That's how it works with me. God is very, very simple with me because I'm a simple kind of person. Another example of it would be, I'm I'm at home, I'm doing my thing, I'm spending my time, I'm enjoying myself. Right now, I am really happy with what I'm doing. And then God interrupts and says, hey Matt, I think you should stop what you're doing right now and I think you should go make that right with your wife and your kids because the last words that you gave to them were words that hurt them. You should go clean that up. Here's what my natural thought is. 
My kids should just grow up. I mean, come on. They should understand this already. Maybe not. They're kids. I guess you're right, God. I should go fix that, shouldn't I? See what I'm saying? God speaks to me. How? It's not audible words. It's a thought. And what Paul's saying is, is that the Holy Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And when they happen, what do we do? The difference between a person who is living out the Christian life and the person who isn't is the person who's living out the Christian life is hearing God speak and they're not ignoring it. They're following through on it because it pleases God, even if it means that it's costing them something. The person who's not living the Christian life is getting really good and practiced at ignoring the thoughts that God gives to them and as a direct result, they continue living their lives and the, the scripture there was filled with all kinds of examples of what it looks like when a person ignores God. Our primary goal in this entire thing was not just to get people to experience the power of prayer. It was to get people experiencing what it's like to communicate with God, to grow their relationship, so that at some point in time, they might actually start hearing some thoughts from God saying, hey, do this, not this. Hey, say this, not, not that. Hey, live this, not this. It's a thought. How good, how good. Are we at listening and then moving forward with that? It is our desire to teach people as our desire to live it out and model it as pastors. What it looks like that whenever God gives us a thought that is pleasing to him, that we follow through on it and obey it rather than ignoring it. That's the primary reason why we, we asked everybody to put on that bracelet and to pray for the staff, for our leaders, and for one another. Yes, we wanted to see the power of, pray, uh, power of prayer demonstrated in people's lives, but we wanted to see it most effectively demonstrated in how your relationship grows with God. Amen? Now, there is the side thing, too, the power of prayer and how that works. And folks, I can honestly say to you, <laughs> I don't like imagining what the last two months would have been like without a whole bunch of people praying. This last couple of months has sucked in so many ways. There have been so many things that have happened. I, I wish I could tell you everything. Let me give you just a small sample of some stuff that's happened. We had no idea on April 28th what was right around the corner. But right around the corner, some things that we had to deal with as a staff and as leaders and in volunteers, and I know you, has been intense. First of all, our, our business manager, Suzanne, just a couple of weeks ago, her dad died of a heart attack, surprisingly, just out of the blue. Been dealing with that, all, all of that, and I know that many of you have dealt with death in the families as well, unexpected stuff. We've had so many different things on our staff where people have had some scary health issues, checking for cancer, dealing with some new changes in their world because of different things that, that are going on inside of their bodies, and our staff has been racked. We've had so many of them, too many of them to mention by name that have had to deal with severe crisis situations in their life with health issues. Some of you know that we've gone through a transition here recently in our church. Uh, we had a youth pastor that has resigned and we've, for over five years, we've been having this person be a part of our team and his family and after going through that transition, it's been rough. And I can honestly say that in that, that whole transition time, as a pastor who's been at this now for quite a few years, uh, there have been more times in the last two months that I've considered resigning from the ministry altogether and walking away and just saying, forget it, this is stupid. This is not worth it. That's the truth. This has been a, a horrific two months in many, many ways for so many of us on staff. And, and my good friend, 
a man whom I love, and Kurt Bubna has been away on a sabbatical for the last uh, seven weeks. So anxious to have him back. But to go through all of the stuff and to be in the experiences that we've been through, guys, I, I cannot tell you how much your prayers have meant. You are the ones who make a church a church. It's not pastors. If we don't have people who are praying, people who are giving of their, 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 their abilities and serving and people financially giving, we don't, we don't have church. And when you don't have church, super amazing, cool things in the kingdom of God don't happen when you don't have people who live it out. But you have. You have lived it out and you've prayed. And as a result, in spite of all of the terrible things that have happened, let me tell you about some of the stupid, cool things that have happened too. Immediately after April 28th, a brand new believer on, on that Sunday puts on a bracelet. Two days later, she's standing in a bank and she is talking so loud that everybody in the bank is hearing her. And one of the people who works in that bank is a friend of mine who hears her say as she's grabbing her little gray bla bracelet, I cannot believe that so many people are praying for me. I am not taking this off because it reminds me to pray for all of those who have considered me worth praying for. Brand new believer. A young mother comes up to me and says, I've been struggling with addictions for over 10 years to pain, to pain prescriptions, pain, uh, prescription drugs, painkillers. I've entered into treatment multiple times and it's never worked. But she went into treatment over the last two months and has come out and it did work. And the reason why she believes it does is because so many of you were praying for her and you didn't even know her name. I can't tell you how many young men who have come up to me since then and have said, dude, you have no idea the power of prayer in my life. I've experienced gang life. I've experienced living on the streets. I've experienced the devastation of drugs and neglect. But I can't tell you how much it means to me to know that there are a group of people who consider themselves to be Christians and they're praying for me. And these young men wear their bracelets all throughout where they live. But enough of me telling stories. How about I let somebody else tell a story on their own words? Take a look at this. When I was younger, we never really talked about church, or God for that matter, unless it was Easter or Christmas. When I did go to church, it was always very black and white. If you, if you do this, you shouldn't even be here kind of stuff. There was never any love which I always found odd. I went about my life year after year knowing that I had faith in God, just nowhere to really express it. And after a while, I stopped going to candle lightings and holiday church services altogether. Then at age 16, I had my first real argument with God. My virginity had been taken from me, not given. A few years later, I fell into a depression started using drugs, loved men who never loved me, just stopped loving myself. At age 21, I became pregnant. I wanted to have a mom and a dad, happiness and a real home, and not have to struggle for anything. So I adopted him out. I'm 26 years old, and recently I went out drinking with some friends, and I knew I shouldn't have been driving. So I fell asleep in my car until morning. When I awoke, I figured I was fine. So I began my trek from downtown to home, and I almost made it there until the car just about hit me. And instead of stopping, my instinct was to turn. 
I remember my car flying up onto the curb, but that was it. When I had regained consciousness, I had realized that I had smashed up against a fence and my car was smoking. I'm still having trouble in the mornings with my memory. And by the end of the day, I get these headaches that just make me feel like my brain's gonna explode. So here I am, a 26-year-old, slight nerve damage in the whole right side of my body, sleeping wherever I can, and just officially lost. Then something happened to me on Sunday, April 28th. I woke up and I knew I wanted to talk to my mom. I wasn't sure what about, but I knew I had to talk to her. She had asked me if I wanted to come to church with her. A question, mind you, I had turned down many, many times. I didn't even give it a second thought. No pause, nothing. Just asked her when she needed me to be ready. As we pulled in, I froze. What was I doing here? How did this all happen? Halfway through the first song in worship, without warning, my heart just felt like it was on fire. The tears just started pouring out of me. Suddenly, I didn't feel alone. There was this rushing calm, the one that makes you feel like no matter how bad it gets, there's a reason you're still alive. And for the first time, I realized something, that it was never God bringing me my pain. He was trying to help me see my worth to him and in him. I don't feel as though I'm alone anymore. Thank you for letting me be a part of all of this. I am Mackenzie Olson, and I am Team East Point. So let me connect some dots. Sunday, April 28th, a young gal who is far from God suddenly gets a thought in her head. And rather than ignoring it, she decides, I'm just going to follow this, not even knowing where that thought came from. And the Holy Spirit starts leading her to a place where you exist, Team East Point. And because of you and because of us, there is now another person who is a part of the team and is growing in her faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what's next. That's what I want to ask you to do next. I want to ask you, if you're one of those people who has been thinking, you know, I am really tired of trying to go this on my own. I could really use a group of people who are praying for me on a regular basis. Why don't you do that today? Why don't you join a team? Why don't you commit? If you don't have a bracelet, we'll get you one. We've got some extras. Maybe you lost yours. Maybe you heard about this. Maybe you haven't been a part of it. Maybe you haven't been praying. Well, why don't you start up today? We'll get you a bracelet. You can join this experiment and you can start following the direction of God, the guidance of God when the Holy Spirit puts a thought into your head and you follow it rather than ignoring it. That's what I'm going to ask you to do next. Now, on top of that, I'm going to ask you to do one other thing too. And that is, I want you to pray specifically for a small team of people who are a part of Team East Point, but are who, are gonna, who are going to be going and expanding and hopefully, hopefully blessing with love some other people who are a part of Team East Point. In fact, I'm going to have the rest of the team, with the exception of one, come up right now. 
Myself and uh, five other people are going to be going to Guatemala this next Saturday. We're going to be gone for uh, about 10 days. It's myself and these four gals and then Charlie Lytle. He can't be here today, so it's going to be Charlie and I with these four. Please pray for Charlie and I. <laughs> this is Tracy. Will you guys say hi to Tracy? Tracy is our leader. She's been to Guatemala many times. She's my leader. She's the one who is... Uh, helping all of us to find what it is that we're supposed to be doing over there and, and getting us ready to go there and do some, do some work. I want you guys to know that we need your prayers. The thing that we are gonna go over there and do is not easy. The thing that we're going to go over there and do is not necessarily safe. But when God places a thought onto your head, you have two choices, ignore it or follow it. And there were at least six people who didn't ignore, and now we're all gonna go, and I would really appreciate your prayers over the course of the next 10 days, two weeks. And then after I get back with this team on August 4th, we're gonna conclude this experiment and I hopefully, hopefully you all will be here. But here's what we're gonna do now. I'm gonna pray for us, I'm gonna pray for this team and then we're gonna, we're gonna go through and we're gonna sing one more song and I want that song to also be your prayer as we, as we take our offering and then I'll come back up and dismiss us. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this team, Team East Point. Thank you for what it is that you are doing in us and through us and to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would become so practiced at listening to you and then obeying you and doing whatever it is that you ask, regardless of what it is that it may cost us. Lord, I can't imagine where any of us would be if it weren't for the fact that there are so many people throughout history who have taken the time to pray, to get to know you, communicate with you, listen to you, and then follow what it is that you have asked of them to do. Lord, we want to be a part of that legacy. We want, to bar, we want to be a part of that kind of a team, a team of people who genuinely do pray for one another, think about one another, and have hearts that are, that are for one another. And Lord, we want this to be the kind of place that's open and welcoming to anybody who would, who would want to be a part of a team like that and have a sense of belonging, who's tired of being alone. So Lord, I pray that your spirit would do right now what no words can do, and that it would inflame and ignite the hearts of every person that's in this room to join and be a part of this team and to pray for one another. Bless us specifically as we go. And Lord, I know that there are some who are in this room right now who are thinking, I'd love to be able to join a team. I, I really don't know how. I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, I'm gonna offer a simple prayer. You just make it your own. You can change the words or you can just wait until I'm done and say, yes, Lord, that's me. Either way, it's not important what you say, it's important what your heart is saying. And here's an example of it. Lord, I surrender, I give up. I want what you will give me. I know what I can produce in my life, Lord, and it's never produced anything yet of value. I want what you can produce. And so please, put your spirit in me. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my my waywardness, and let me live my life for you with new guidance. Speak to me and I will listen and I will follow. And if that's you, if that's you and you are proclaiming that Jesus has indeed died for your sins, has risen from the dead for the forgiveness of your sins, then even now the Holy Spirit is filling your life and you may be feeling that rushing calm. Lord, we love you. And I pray that we would be able to show that with our words and with our actions and that we would be a blessing to all who meet us. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. Thank you, you, you gals, and thank you, you people, for praying. Like I said, we're gonna spend some time here singing through this last song. I pray that you would make it your prayer 
We're also going to take an offering. For those of you who are new or guests with us, fold up that, uh, that connection card, drop that in the offering bucket. We'd love to get in connection with you. After this song, I'll come back up and dismiss us. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so three things before you guys head out and enjoy your day. Number one, if you made that prayer your own today and you joined the team at, the, at all the tables by the doors, we have these packets for new believers. Grab that. There's a Bible in there. And then tell somebody, come talk to me. Talk to one of the other pastors or a friend, parents, someone's been praying for you. Let them know. Two, communion is available at both sides of the room. If you're interested in taking that today as an individual or a family, please do so. Third thing, if you would like prayer, while everybody's making their way out, you make your way forward. We'd be happy to meet with you and pray with you. Thanks, guys. God bless you. Hope to see you next week. Remember, Kurt's back next week. Come bless him. <laughs>